0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Shine a Light on series. Today, we'll be shining a light on international student experiences with Sin Yap. Welcome, Sin Yi. Hi, Mariah. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you for joining me. And to start off, do you mind just giving us a brief introduction to who you are?
1: Yeah, of course. So, like Mariah mentioned, my name is Sin My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I am a first-generation, low-income international student from Singapore. I'm also um, currently a diversity peer education scholar and a senior at Suffolk University in Boston. Um, I double major in global business with big data
0: and business analytics. Awesome. Thank you for the introduction. So I think there's definitely a lot we could chat about here, right? International student experiences, but from your perspective what has been the most rewarding and maybe the most frustrating thing about being an international student? Oh, I think that's a good question.
1: I would say the most rewarding experience for me so far as an international student is the ability to challenge myself to live in a different environment. I have traveled and worked in several countries, um, but never more than six months. And so to be able to stay in the United States for an extended period of time. I came here in 2018 and so it's about two and a half, three years now. And so I come from a very collective society and so to be here where it's more individualistic and the cultural dimensions are pretty different, um, it's a pretty rewarding journey for me. The most challenging or frustrating part I would say is definitely being microaggressed against and being misunderstood. I think a lot of people have this idea that international students are all very wealthy and hence you are able to come here to the States. And that's just not true, or at least in my case, in, um, in many people's cases as well. Like I mentioned, um, I'm from a low-income family. I came here with just two luggages of clothes and whatever food I can bring along with me. And um, so that's one of the ways people misunderstand my identity as an international student and that I don't need anything in terms of resources from the school. I'm just here to get a degree, like a good American college name and go home. And that's just not the case. Um, With microaggressions, I would say that people like to say things like, oh, you you speak good English and um, ask me, where am I from? And while some of these questions, like the second one, um, is very valid, um... I think it, that it harms my Asian-American friends, especially those who are born in America, because they are constantly treated as perpetual foreigners. And, you know, we don't slip like, our citizenship on our foreheads, right? So it just goes to demonstrate how um, Asians and Asian-Americans are really treated as like constantly just foreigners. Thank you for sharing
0: that. And I know we're going to chat a bit about essentially like stereotypes and a few things that you dipped your toes into a little bit later on so i'm excited to chat a bit more about that and i'm not surprised to hear microaggressions were the most have been the most frustrating part for you because i myself have heard these stereotypes about international students before so Excited Mm -hmm. to chat more about that. Let's dive into debunking some of these stereotypes, perhaps. I know you just listed a few, but if you have any more or you want to dive into the few that you mentioned, what are some stereotypes that you've heard about international students, you've experienced yourself, and what's the actual reality? Let's just debunk them on the spot.
1: Thank you for this opportunity, firstly, to really debunk those myths. I think one of the most harmful ones, especially towards international students, is that we are here to steal people's jobs. And there has been multiple studies by Americans, um, like American researchers, that that's just not the case. We don't come here and become managers or supervisors and cause Americans to kind of like stay so-called on the bottom. Like, that's just not true. And the reality remains that whether we are international students or refugees, the international community chose to come to the States because we believe that we can pursue a better something here, a better life, better opportunities, um, and in no way wants to take away the space that Americans so deserve. So I think that's something different than what I mentioned. And... Um, International students, many of us, like also many of the American friends that I have, we rely on aid, like tuition aid. We cannot get FERPA, we cannot get financial aid. It's really relying a lot on the college's um, scholarship and what they are willing to assist us with. And for many of us to come here, we don't have family here. We don't really have anybody here and so it's not like we come here and like spend and buy all the branded goods take out the jobs and then go home when we want to. I think in relation to that another myth is that it's really easy to get a job. It's not. At least now I'm facing as a senior going to graduate that the regulations around what I can do what I cannot do is very restrictive And it's not just because of the previous administration it has historically been that way and the previous administration just made it even harder by let's say when we want to require sponsorship that it takes anything from three grand to like ten grand because organizations have to hire lawyers to prove that they cannot hire an American. That's why they have to hire us and for me on my end, I have to hire a lawyer to like go through all the paperwork. And so it's not as easy as what people think. And we are also, I wouldn't say, as sought after as what people think that we are. I think a lot of people think that we come here and we definitely, boom, we'll have a job, you know, somewhere, like just apply and get a job. And that's just not true. Um, And I'm sure we'll talk more about that later. But I just just want to bring that up that it's not easy for us in terms of like visa process. It's not... Um, true of like the monolithic idea that we are all wealthy and we came here because we want to like wreak havoc on the current community.
0: I appreciate you sharing those myths and debunking them a bit. I think honestly people who are not international students probably have no idea or they've just sort of continued to listen to certain stereotypes or myths throughout their whole lives so thank you for sharing that. Alrighty. For this next question, I would love for you to just share your thoughts with a few different groups. What would you want your non-international student peers to know about your experience? And after that, what would you want college leaders like presidents to know? And what about recruiters? I know that's that's a hefty question. So maybe we could start with peers. What do you want your peers to know?
1: I would want my peers to know that I'm a lot like them. I have dreams. But I also face barriers to my dreams. I also face challenges that they face, despite my passport and even physical features that may say otherwise. I also want them to know that there is a lot more in terms of world affairs and news than just what is happening in the United States. I think... What makes us different is that we have this international experience, right? And people think that they can only get that by traveling. And because of COVID, we have this all face this same barrier of not being able to travel. And I would say highly encourage folks to expose themselves to not just world news, but also different cultures thing that would help with them understanding our experiences as, as international students.
0: I actually love that point. I don't know if anyone has ever suggested <laughs> I I do this, but a lot of people, especially if they have the privilege to do so, they travel and they say, Oh, I love traveling. I can experience new cultures. But mm-hmm. you're right in that we don't necessarily have to be ignorant about a culture because we've never traveled there before. Like that just doesn't make any sense, especially with with technology at our fingertips. So we can, we can empathize with what's happening around the world and it's not, it's not all about the U.S. news. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Switching gears a little bit. Yes. How about college leaders? What would you want college leaders to know about your experience? Ooh,
1: okay. <laughs> with this <laughs> one, I would say, in short, we are not a monolith. We all have different needs and requirements um, coming from different countries don't bunch us with our state students that has happened before during COVID. Put more attention and effort into addressing the legal regulations and set us up for success, you know, by providing more representation in networking events. Um, I know that a lot of colleges like to engage alumni and as a student in the university that prides itself on having the most, if not one of the most international student population in their community, I have not seen a lot of representation. I have difficulty accessing information that I need in terms of again back with like talking about sponsorship, talking about the optional training, the optional practical training, excuse me, which is OPT. Um and knowing all of those information would have helped. Knowing how to do taxes would have helped. Um Again, I coming here, fun fact, I never knew about the whole tax situation. And <laughs> when I finally started working in school, I realized that I have to do taxes and the forms were so confusing. And it came to a point where I either have to pay, I think, about $70 to $90 for a $12 tax that I have to pay or I try mm-hmm. to do it on my own risk messing it up and then possibly not being able to get any extension or any new visa application because the government will look back at our paperwork and especially taxes to see if we did it right. So um yeah, college leaders out there whether you're from my school or not, I or whether you're taking care of my school or not, I really hope that you think further and invest more resources for international students to ensure that they know their rights, they know how to market them
0: for career development in the future after they graduate, um, that would help a lot. That's a great answer. And I know a few of my friends, they don't even know which companies even necessarily support international students well. And I think that colleges have a duty to make that obvious too to students. What are your thoughts on that? That's right,
1: I strongly agree. I didn't know until recently that under that OPT program um, that I can be employed by several employers that I have the opportunity to freelance at least for a year, um, which is like very important to me because of the career path I intend to, to take. Alongside that, I never really know until I start asking people that I don't require sponsorship. I didn't really know what that meant. And that, and then now I discovered that I don't need sponsorship and that I could have checked questions during application process in a different way so that I can get my feet in the door and to do an interview and explain my situation to them because a lot of organisations and recruiters are so misinformed that the moment they see, they see oh, not American, equal sponsorship, that that's not the case, especially for undergraduate students. And... I once had, it's a pretty traumatic experience, but I once attended this event in the evening. And mind you, it was pre-COVID. pre So it's like a long day of school and extracurriculars. And then going to this networking event for a marketing research firm only to realize that they don't hire international students because of the legal and financial resources they need to invest. And a few of us had the courage, you know, to kind of like challenge them. And at one point, one of um, us asked, who here are international students? Raise your hand. And at least 70% of the crowd raised our hands. And it was a really awkward moment. Because it demonstrates how really hungry we are and how how much of a lack of supply there is for for people like us. And... um, yeah, I, I frankly cried to my professor afterwards because it just felt so demoralizing, um, and also for the students there as well that you could have put it in your event, um, poster that you don't accept international mm-hmm. students, and while that will hurt, at least we don't waste our time staying back on campus till like eight o'clock and then have to com- commute home and have school the next day, um, so things like right. that, you know, um yeah and
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, have you asked about recruiters yet yeah, not yet yeah we'll get to
0: that but yes the <laughs> no college um, administration yes yeah i think we're yes i think we're 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 getting there that feels like a natural next step so what would you like recruiters to know about your experience
1: yeah, so we are more than a sponsorship. When
0: you hire us, you're hiring people
1: with diverse and global perspectives necessary to grow your organization. And these are much-needed experiences. I know that recruiters, and based on my own job search experience, sorry, and based on my job search experience, they like to hire people with quote-unquote professional experience. And I would like to implore recruiters listening in to this, to, to rethink about how you define professional experience, our lived experiences yeah. in, as international students can probably bring your organisations a lot of value. I mean, if you think about COVID, the researcher who worked on mRNA, which is the basis for the vaccine, um, is an immigrant. She faced a lot of mockery for wanting to research something that's not really looked upon by other scientists. She researched on it despite the lack of funding for decades. And then the couple scientists who created the COVID vaccine that Pfizer now manufactures are also immigrants. And so while not all of us in the international student community would come up with life-saving inventions, these three examples are precedents and examples of the value that we bring not just to the organisation but also to the nation Um, and so to really Mm -hmm. reconsider how they think of international students educate themselves on what kind of visa requires sponsorship, what doesn't especially for tech companies or people recruiting um, analytical or STEM positions because, for example, OPT doesn't require any sponsorship from the organizations they are just required to register with the government. And we have at least a year, but if those of us who are recruited to work in STEM, we have two years extension. So that's literally three years worth of value that we can bring to your organization, um, applying the skills that we learn in school, applying our lived experiences as international students, and especially in today's times where diversity, equity, and inclusion is so important that we bring a different perspective to things and help you advance equity in your workplace, regardless of our jobs. So that's really what I want recruiters to know.
0: Lovely. No, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing. And I actually think this is sort of a, not unspoken necessarily, but not spoken about enough in terms of when companies recruit for diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives, we don't chat enough about sort of perspectives. I think, like I, I think we focus a lot on other things, which are obviously also important, but diverse perspectives from a, a single individual. I, I like what you're saying. And I agree with you that international students have incredible perspectives and very different than um, candidates who you know are non-international students. So thank you for discussing that. Alrighty. I think this ties into the last question a lot, actually. And your question your answers might overlap a bit but if you had a magic wand i love the magic wand question if you had a magic wand what would you change about your experience as an international student and feel free to loop in any of these groups that we've discussed before or bring in new ones but what would you what would you change what would your experience be like i think a good first step is
1: that if i have a magic wand I would like us to be seen as humans, as contributors to the American society, and not as aliens, which we actually are regarded as um, in the eyes of the law. I'm a non-resident alien, and having to read that constantly in doing my taxes, in doing my visa, um, is pretty dehumanizing, um, because it categorizes us literally as a foreign, unknown species. And we're not. And we deserve better. And I'm not saying that we, as international community, need their full access to the benefits that Americans have. Um, That's not what I'm implying. What I'm saying is that I think we deserve a chance and opportunities to excel in what we do because when we excel in this environment locally... The economy benefits, the country benefits, the organization gets a great reputation. And again, back with the COVID vaccine example, the world literally benefits from people being given chances. Um, so that's what I would do
0: with a magic wand. I love that. Thank you for for sharing that. And I agree that a lot of good things come when we humanize each other. That's sometimes all it takes. And it sounds... it it sounds like a big thing for some people, but just viewing each other as humans, I think makes a lot of change happen. So Mm -hmm. that's a great answer. Alrighty, much of our discussion so far, I think is really geared towards people who are not international students or don't empathize enough with international students. Super important conversation, but I wanna shift gears a little bit for anyone listening and who is an international student. Do you have any tips for them from your experiences on how to make the most of their learning experience or even career development.
1: For sure. I think school is the training and testing ground for your interests and also things that you want to explore. You don't know if it's something you're interested in. Um go ahead, you know, join a school club, a school student organization, go for those networking events, try out internships that you may otherwise not do. If you think about it, after you graduate, even if you pursue a master's or even a PhD, you will spend most of your life working. And so while job hopping and industry pivoting is more common nowadays, sc- the, going to school and college is really a chance for you to try it out without that commitment of sticking to a place for a couple of years or industry for a couple of years. You're able to see if you fit into those cultures. You would be able to see if um you'll be able to see what your role is in such uh different jobs and speak to people who you are curious about. Go on LinkedIn. I de- I kinda develop a brand presence on LinkedIn and I kinda discovered the value that networking brings. I am I consider myself an introvert. Um, actually talking to people takes a lot of energy out of me at the same time I love to hear people's stories and that's how I'm able to learn and that's also how low-key you're able to identify weaknesses or like pitfalls of an industry that nobody wants to tell you you know that's how you get to know and like Mariah mentioned um, it's important to humanize and that's how you humanize your experience Um, And that's kind of advice coming from someone who graduated with an associate's degree equivalent in another country, worked for two years, and then come back to school. I used to not be involved in school curriculums at all. I just feel like school is where you get your grades, excel at what you are studying, head out, and like find something. But it's very disorientating. You may be a student leader on campus. You may be so-called the big fish in a small pond. But when you go out, the world is your oyster and the oyster is huge. And so you do not need only a good or high GPA. You need to be able to learn how to market yourself in interviews. You need to learn how to network around with professional communities, maintain those relationships and be able to understand where your passion lies. I know there's this debate constantly about should you work um based on your passions or should you work a stable job and then have passion as a side hustle. And I think either way, you it involves it involves like interest from you, right? And knowing whether you are a person who can stand at least 40 hours a week, if not more, doing something that's paying the bills but not necessarily something that you like and then do and then spend probably 20 hours on something that you really care about um the the best way to know if you're that kind of person or vice versa is to do it is to try it and school is really the best place to do that
0: Mm -hmm. awesome now i love this emphasis on trying I feel like I've heard this a lot in the last few years, people just saying I failed a lot or I didn't love a lot of the things that I tried, but I tried a lot of things. And that was just as important as falling in love with everything I tried. So Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that. No, that's, that's great advice. And my last question for you and for all these podcast episodes is basically, do you have any last words of wisdom and perhaps for either of the groups that we've sort of been, chatting with today so these are either international students or the groups we discussed earlier your non-international student peers recruiters or college admin yeah for sure
1: i think one of the most important tip and reminder that i want to give affirmation whatever you want to call it is that you have value while you may be a student with no work experiences, or no full-time work experiences, and the world seems like it's telling you that you don't have any value to bring, you do. You just need to dig deep, explore, experiment, and find out what suits you best, and where can you best contribute, and where can you, as the podcast series suggests, shine a light on. I think that's very critical. I know based on my own personal experience, that people will always tell you that, oh, you know, your, your your youth is worth nothing. You don't have any professional experience. Yes, you work at a cafe, but everybody else works at a cafe. You know, millions of people work at a cafe, and so you're not special. And I want to challenge that. Again, it's all about what your experience is. While millions of people work in service, for example, the people you serve are very unique in terms of the interactions you have with them. So what did you get out of those experiences? And there are ways to write in your resume rather than um, making coffee as a barista. You can write about understanding and improving the supply chain um, for coffee. You know, like, of course, if that's true. And so it's really about packaging. And I think the last tip I would give as someone who used to think that I'm lagging behind every time, is that there are not many people who has their stuff together. People who are CEOs, who (laughs) are... (laughs) Right? People who are CEOs or who are leaders and things like that, they, they have their insecurities too. They have things they're trying to figure out. They have their own struggles. Some people just hide it better. And some people just have the ability to put that aside and that's a privilege that people have and it doesn't mean that they don't struggle it doesn't mean that they don't face challenges um and i think it's something pretty empowering to remember that we are all struggling with something at some point um struggle is a common denominator that all humans share um and so don't be daunted as a undergraduate or as a person who is finding a job right now, regardless of your age or your status, you will you will get there at some point. And it may sound very fluffy and fuzzy, but I'm I'm not kidding. You know, just put in the work, um, hard work will get you the opportunities and will increase your probabilities of getting you what you want
0: awesome i feel like i need to hear that thank you for sharing all that advice sometimes you gotta hear the fluffy stuff you know to to re-motivate you re-inspire so i appreciate that yeah Alrighty. the world
1: is um harsh sometimes and i think yes. we all need that real talk and also getting together and that's what
0: community is for yes no definitely agree thank you so much for joining us sinye great chatting with you to anyone tuning in thank you for joining us as always at OPPO, we shine brighter together, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Maria. Take care, everyone.